Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello everybody, welcome to New York Talk. This is the Rotherham United podcast during the World Cup. Um, thank you for joining us. We will be covering the World Cup opening up. Um, any Rotherham news we can find, but I don't think there is any. Um, and yeah, World Cup news. And there's been a few bit, including the first opening game. The opening game, which was the first game. Um, we'll cover all that. And we'll have a look at England's game on Monday afternoon. Who we think is going to start mixed in a wealth of research on yeah. the game. Uh, so we'll be an expert, and you'll Mick will allow you all to be an expert by the end of the episode as well. Uh, thank you for joining us, Mick. How are you doing? I'm all right, mate. Are you? Yeah, I'm fine. Fine, fine, fine. Danny, how's, how are you doing? Uh, I'm not too bad, thank you. Good stuff. And we have our debutant, Tom Ayres, joining us. Thank you for joining us, Tom. Oh, no worries. I'm excited. It's a privilege. Cheers, mate. Um, so let's start with let's start with the football. There's non-football stuff to talk about today, which we will cover again. Uh, from the FIFA president later on. But let's talk about the actual football that happened on the actual football pitch. And Danny, I have to start with you, I'm afraid. (laughs) (laughs) Danny's pick for the Dark Horse has had one of the worst opening days for a host nation ever at a World Cup. Um, Danny, just talk about how bad Qatar were. Go on. In terms of the the World Cup nation hosting it and how... Uh, negative people have talked about this World Cup. It's been the perfect opener for the host nation. In terms of my prediction, it's been the worst start for the opening, for, for the host nation. Um, because, in all honesty, lads, it looked like even Doncaster could have beaten them today. They were so disorganised and they got let off with an offside call, which I think has puzzled like half of the planet. As to why, I now understand why it was given, <clears throat> but the absolute shambles of review from the from the officials and letting the crowd and the people watching on telly know what was happening made everybody think, well, why is he giving it offside when there's a player in a red shirt behind him? Um, mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm not fussed. I'm just looking forward to when the Netherlands play him and batter him. Oh, that'll be quite that'll funny. Be nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I suppose Tommy much like we're all going to be like us. We I didn't know what to expect from Qatar. I know they won the Asia Cup, but there's a lack, massive lack of depth in that. Obviously, that continental competition. Were you surprised that Qatar's levels, uh, how bad they were compared? Because Ecuador aren't exactly world beaters, are they? So it surprised me how bad they were. Uh, I don't know. I thought I thought Ecuador were, the, were I, don't, I don't know. I thought Ecuador were the dark horses coming into this. You know, they've got three Brighton players, I think, and mm. you know they're, they're a good. They were a good side. They. Um, you know, they scored three good goals. You know, I think the offside call, you know, I agree with Danny. I think looking back at it now, it's like, yeah, you can see, you can see why they gave it. But at the time, it seemed very, very dodgy. And obviously, they, they got let off with that Qatar. And then, you know, it was just by then on, it was just a point of how many, you know, like, like Danny yeah. said, they were disorganized. They were, they were, you know, shambolic at times. But got to give credit to Ecuador, you know, they went mm-hmm. there and beat them. So, you know, it's it's an interesting group with Senegal and Netherlands yet to play them, and should be interesting um, to say the least. Yeah. Um, so go through comments. We have YouTubers with us: Kim Haywood, thank and Dave Lord, thank for joining us. Simon Thor says, "Right, chaps, enthuse me." I'm decidedly underwhelmed after the opening game, and says hello to Tom as well. Um, John Rell, a Birmingham fan, is only here to listen to Mick talk us through the very hard dislike goal. So let's deal with that with Mick. Uh, it, it, so just. For anybody that's not aware, it is the right decision in yeah. the end. There has to be more than one player beyond between the goal and the ball um, for it to be not offside. There was only one player because the goalkeepers had an absolute journey. Um, it makes it offside. Very unclear from the FIFA coverage and everything else. Um, VAR got it right, Mick, but there's some serious communication issues. Right. Well, first of all, I haven't. I didn't see the first half of the game, so I've not seen the the the, the, the run up to it. Okay. So, so that's the first thing I would say. But it's offside, so they've come to the right decision. Mm. However, however, there are about five or six p- passages of play after that before the ball it's the back of the net, which which to me seems. It, it, I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand the offside rule. I don't claim to offside understand it. Um, you know, so I, I can't really give an explanation for it. I know this is a football podcast. I know I've been doing a football podcast for two or three years now. I'm watching football for quite a mass, massive part of my 57 years, uh, but I still don't understand the offside rule um, this week. Maybe next week it'll change and I'll, I'll, get, I'll get, back, get back into it. But um, from, the, from the images I've seen, when the goalkeeper comes out, He's got his leg offside, hasn't he? You know. Yes. So, so I guess they've come to the right decision ultimately. But because there's so much play going on after that, then it starts to get cloudy for me. But if that's how they're going to play it, as long as it's consistent throughout the tournament, then that's fine. Play it that way. Um, so, so yeah. I mean, it, it it is what it is, isn't it? You you, you don't expect clarity. Um, from, from anything involving FIFA, do you? Before we even start looking at the rules of the game. So, um, so yeah, it, it, I, I can see. I mean, I know I, I noticed, I did see all the tinfoil hats come straight out as soon as that happened. What did you expect? Well, yeah. exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but, 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 like, we could have followed this grip, give it offside, make it talk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, given, given how, how, um, how Qatar played for the rest of the game, I think, um, Clinging on to any any hope that they were going to get anything out of it would, um, well, I'm going to say futile, but you know, 
They did have a good chance first half, to be fair. He should have buried it first half. The very end. Yeah, the very end of the first half. He should have buried that header. And, you know, Mm. 2 1 at half time, it's a different game with the fans behind you. So you never Mm. know. You mean, Qatar, that could just be a. I'm not an expert on them, I'll say that, but that could just be a one off and they could have just been absolutely shambolic at the back. And going forward, Mm. they're actually not too bad, you know. So we'll have to see, you know. You know, definitely the home nation will help. I know it's, I know fans can't score for them and whatnot, but being there and the atmosphere, you know, it's got to drive them somehow. And, you know, it'd be exciting to see them against a team like the Netherlands that will pick them apart, but just mm. that driving in a belief might actually help them. Uh, so, yeah, but that that's obviously going to go out the window when Netherlands beat them 5 0 and I look like a right idiot, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. It was this rule, then I thought second half because I, I think Tom's right. If, if, the, if they get a goal before after, it, it may well be a very different game. But towards end, Ecuador were just toying with him, weren't they? It, it became mm. a complete non contest. Ecuador could have got a couple more if they turned gear on, but they just never needed to. They just managed the game perfectly. Yeah, I think Ecuador properly got game management on it, didn't they? They just went, we're 2 0 up. They're not really threatening us that badly. We'll just control the game and conserve energy for. The next game that we've got, and in that sort of heat, that's what you are going to do. If you've got two goals in the first half and played like you deserve three, then you are going to slow it down in the second half and just keep them at arm's length. And that's exactly what they did. So, yeah, fair play to Ecuador on that one. Uh, is it too late to change my answer? <laughs> yes, I'm afraid. You know the rules, Damn. <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid it is. Uh, Essex or Miller's with us and Paul Brock. John Rell says it was four phases of play before the goal is scored. Sorry, but that's daft. Should have been a goal. I'm gutted my three pound bet on the horses down the drain. I was told it was a dead cert. They would win. Yeah. <laughs> I think we were all told that, weren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, all the Qatari fans apparently left at basically half time. Um, I, I'll be honest. I don't really know what they're expecting, Tom. I, I read. I, I watched the result. I read about their, their preparation for the World Cup, mm. and apparently they met up. They've been together as a group for six months, having played no competitive games. Right. I mean, they've just played friendlies for six months. Yeah. That's not great preparation, is it? You need to be in games that matter. No, absolutely. You can tell they were ring rusty. Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, like you said, it's just a recipe for disaster, isn't it? You know, playing friendly matches and against each other and stuff, it's not going to get you in the mindset. It's not going to get you in the the match sharpness, you know. I I think every football fan knows that that pre-season's nothing to, you know, nothing Mm. to look on in great regard. And it's the same with this. You can't go straight from pre-season into the World Cup, especially on the back of every other nation playing the league for the past four or five months. It's at a high level as well. You know, you've got some high-level players in that Ecuador side. And going into it, you know, they've underestimated it and they... I don't know why, I don't know how, but they, they have. And like you say, in six months of friendlies, it's not going to do anything for them. It's just going to, if anything, put them down. It's going to put them into a, you know, more of a lackadaisical kind of attitude and more of a, you know, shambolic, shambolic defending and just being everywhere. And it's, you know, maybe maybe this game was a wake-up call. Who knows? But I, I don't I don't see it. No. Their coach is, is that, he's a former Barcelona, Barcelona youth coach. But he's never, as far as I, as far as I know, he's never. This, this is essentially his first senior job, which again, right. you need more than that. You've got to have more than that at a World Cup for me, anyway. Um, I don't know. They've had twelve years to plan for this, haven't they? You know, since they won it, they knew they were hosts, knew they were going to qualify. Mm. Um, 
get some. I'm sure Sven's around. I'm sure Sven's hanging around somewhere. They've got to get him in for a brief period, couldn't they? They've had 12 years to sort out this World Cup, and still the facilities aren't finished. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, Philox says apparently Ivan Tony had a thousand on the VAR disallowed goal. <laughs> no, <he> didn't. <laughs> <laughs> a good one, though, Phil. I like it. Yeah, yeah good one. Um, any other topics you want to pick up from the Qatar Ecuador game? Um, and anyone? I thought it was good when Valencia went. He took both goals, but that header was a very, very good header. Mm. Really? Yeah. Honestly, come on. It's, it's looking the opposite way. It comes off the side of his head onto his shoulder and manages to find back at net. I mean, Dion Dublin's raving about what a good goal it is or what a good finish <laughs> is. No, it's not. It's not a good finish. Matt, you've oh, set him on. off. I know. <laughs> I thought I was going to set him off in a minute. <laughs> I'll say the penalty so was a penalty. I'll say that. Yeah. Yes. Do, do you want to think it was a good finish? The header, yeah. Uh, difficult. I thought so. I mean, it... oh, God. As, a as a striker would tell you, if you get contact on it and it goes in the right direction, it's a good shot. So for me, it's a good shot. <laughs> Listen, it's a goal. It's scored. Um, you know, and, and, and it was fully deserved as well. I, I have no issue with that. But to say it were an excellent finish is is stretching it a bit, I think. <laughs> I, I disagree, but that's fine. It was an excellent um, finish for yeah. it to skim off his head and go in. That's why it's an excellent finish. It skimmed off his head and then onto his shoulder. And then it... <laughs> exactly. So it's a good shot because he still managed to get it on target from his shoulder. <laughs> Come on. If uh, if Tom Eaves does that, you're telling me it's a great finish. <laughs> Listen, mate, at the, at the moment, if to, if one goes in off Tom Eaves' backside, it's a great finish. <laughs> anyway, for that lad at the moment, but uh, but yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. You can't right. catch a break. He came off injured though, which is obviously a slight issue for him. Uh, potentially yeah. going forward, record yeah. in general, but that puts him in the box seat for second place. I would have thought, which is key for England, obviously. We play second mm. place. Should we win our group? We'll, we'll play second place. Um, right, let's move on, Mick. Yeah, let's move on to. Oh, yeah, yeah. Have, have you covered? And, and forgive me if you have. Have you covered the fact that we've got the, we've had the opening game of a World Cup finals and uh, basically to a half empty stadium? It was half empty at the end. Yeah, well, it was half empty from half time. It was. Yeah, yeah. they left in the two nil. What? Why? Because they were promised that they got a good team. Yeah. I, think. I mean, it, it, again, it they're, just, they're it's, it's another indication. They're not, they're not. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so they, why they, is it they, there? Exactly. Oh, sorry. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my apologies. Yeah. No, yeah. They put the tinfoil hat away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's move on to the the stuff behind it. As Danny says, there's a lot of stuff there that's not finished. It's in VAR, thankfully. Um, we sure. But, well, we hope, anyway. Um, we've got to talk. We can't talk about the World Cup without talking about what's going off in the background. We've got to talk about Gianni Infantino's hour-long hour -long monologue, um, on which was Saturday, on the eve of the World Cup, on the eve of the greatest tournament in the world. Um, the, the FIFA president decided to tell everybody it felt like everything under the sun. It was one of the strangest speeches I've ever heard, Mick. And we, we've all heard different types of politicians speak and different type of people speak in certain circumstances. Um, 
just trying to sum up, you've got a much bigger experience in life than me. How 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 high is it up there as the strangest things you've ever heard? Well, it, you've got to you've got to put it into some sort of context, don't you? And it's difficult. People like people like Infantini, and there are others in other sports. Infantino, whatever his name is, I don't know. Infantino <laughs> and whatever. Yeah, and and there are people in other sports across uh, sort of global sports across the across the world who are very similar in that they're they're essentially trying to polish a turd, you know that that is that is what he's trying to do. He's he's, he's got himself a great big steaming bucket of muck, and he doesn't know what to do with it, and 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 it doesn't matter how much PR gloss you try and put on it, it it's it, it you know it. It, it, it's never going to work, um, and, and he, there is a man basically desperately, desperately trying to to tell everybody who's outside in the pitch black that it's midday. You know, he's absolutely desperately trying to convince everybody that that this is this is a great a great tournament. This is a great thing. It's it's fantastic. It's wonderful when everybody can see that it's big, brown, and steaming. It's essentially where where he is, isn't he? So he's, he's between a rock and a hard place, no matter what he says. Um, and I'm, I'm not, well, <laughs> I'm not defending him here in any way. I am not because because it's it's completely his fault that this has gone ahead. It's not his fault that it was issue, it was it was given to uh, to Qatar and, and everything else. But it's completely his fault that it's gone ahead and he's allowed it to go ahead. Um, and and he's just. I'm going to say clutching at straws, but he's not even clutching at straws, is he? It's just no. I can't. Can you imagine the FIFA PR department? Can you imagine having to work in there? It, well, it, it must, the guy sat amazing. next to him was is Brian Swanson. Now, anybody yeah. is a Sky Sports subscriber will know that Brian Swanson was formerly of Sky Sports, the head of news. If there were big breaking sports, was Brian Swanson was the man they always went to, and he sat there next to him, and he literally defended. Infantino yeah. at the time, yeah, and I yeah. couldn't quite believe that I was hearing that a proper journalist who we know has been a proper journalist is sat yeah. there lapping it up. But, but how much is he being paid? I yeah. know, but I, mean, I, I, they, I get that. But, listen, yeah. you've, you've got to understand, you've got to separate these two things. Yeah, you've got to separate the sport itself and then the politics that sit behind it. Yeah, and, and it goes again. It goes to it goes to other sports as well. And I'm I'm thinking specifically at the moment of, of Formula One and and the FIA, um, and and you know FIFA. I think I understand. My understanding is that FIFA's PR department they shared it with Red Bull. You know what I mean? Because they're all trying to defend <laughs> something that everybody can see on television is an absolute steaming pile of crap. But yet they're telling us that it's not. You know what I mean? They, they, yeah. they've they've got to try and defend. What they've done, and they can't. Nobody yeah. can. It's just unforgivable. Yeah. So, yeah. listen, it's that. great to see. It. And, uh, fingers crossed. Over the next four weeks, we see a lot more of him sweating. He was loving it though. He he he, yeah. he 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 essentially commentated the players onto the pitch at the start of the game. It was embarrassing. But, but I, I, again, I, I'll put you. I'll, I'll I'll give you exactly the same situation. Right, you've got, and, and I, I go back again to Formula One. You've there got Christian Horner doing essentially exactly the same thing about his Red Bull team, telling us that day is night. 
telling us that we're going to work as a team. We're all together. We're all this. We're all that. We'll do absolutely everything we can for something to happen. But then we all watch it and none of those things happen. And then afterwards, he tells us that they did. Mm. And, and, and that's exactly, that's essentially the same thing with, with, with FIFA. None of this stuff happened. Or none, of this, none of this corruption happened. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be brilliant. Everything's going to be wonderful. It's not wonderful. It's all, it's all everything they tell us going, that's going to happen, done to happen. They take away certain things that they say that they were going to have, mm. but then tell us that everything's fine. And, and, and it's like, how do we, at, at what point did we become as, as football supporters, Formula One supporters, whatever, cricket supporters or whatever it is, at what point did we become so gullible and so stupid that people actually expect us to believe it? What, did I miss that memo somewhere? Or I don't know. It's bizarre. No, it is. Um, and welcome to the Mick Ranks, Tom. <laughs> Thank you. Your first one. Oh, <laughs> um, so yeah, just just recap some of the nonsense you came out with, and it's almost if it wasn't serious, it'd be funny. There's there's he one bit that, which is my favourite bit, by the way. I might. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll see what he claimed that the, he, the speech essentially went that today I feel and he felt Qatari and African, yeah. gay, disabled. It felt like a migrant worker. He. He claimed that he knew what discrimination was because he was bullied in school for having ginger hair. That's my favourite bit. <laughs> I, I have a question about this, and this is this is obviously not the point. He's got black eyebrows. <laughs> I didn't know what he said. brilliant. And I'm not an expert on this, but my <laughs> eyebrows match my hair. Um, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not saying he's lying. I'm just saying the facts don't quite add up. Um, Man, how dare you suggest that a FIFA official will be telling lies? <laughs> oh no! No, he had he had brown hair. He had brown. There you hair. go. So he's a yeah. liar. Anyway, he's a liar. He is a liar. <laughs> yeah, Danny, the, 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 the one thing that came into me head, like when he mentioned the whole thing about now that you've just pointed out, he has <clears throat> dark eyebrows. <laughs> The one thing that just came into my head was when Shaq said, I don't think you have the facilities for that big man. <laughs> yeah. which, which, which is right. Right, just take it as, as he said it. Yeah. Um, I know what it's like to be discriminated against because uh, I, was, I had red hair, right? Fair enough. I think gingers do get a lot of stick, right? Fair yeah. enough. Let's put all the cards on the table. They do get a lot of stick, right? But to... Make the comparison of I was discriminated against for having red hair, and in the country that's hosting the World Cup, it's illegal to be in the same sex relationship, and that's the discrimination they're having to face. To put those two together and go, Oh, I understand what it's like to be discriminated against. No, he does not, not in no. the slightest. Same with the whole thing about. Um, oh, I feel like I'm, I know, I feel like a migrant worker today. I feel like this is. Mm. Alex Scott hit it perfectly. He has no idea what it's like to be a migrant worker because he's been sat comfy for the vast majority of his life. He's no and idea what it's like to be a worker. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And the one thing I will say, I have a lot of disagreements with the BBC and it generally involves me shouting at the television, right? But they're, they're starting coverage about the whole thing behind the World Cup and what the FIFA president's, whatever his name is, said about it, was spot on. 
they gave FIFA and Qatar both barrels to begin with, but then spoilt it by putting Qatarian propaganda on afterwards about the World yeah. Cup. The whole thing about, um, yeah. well, I've been playing football in this country for seven years and I'm female. Why were there only four of you at the training ground then? Where's the rest of the team? You know what I mean? Yeah. It, oh boy, it, it wound me up so much. I was I was so wound up. I was just howling with laughter at what the FIFA president said because it, <laughs> it, it couldn't be real. It, surely it's a parody and they've used one of those face transfer filters. Surely. Because <laughs> that is a man who is leading the World Football Association and he's come out with that. Like, good grief. Someone give him a shut down. Because he's just waffled on for an hour and not said anything, but also said a lot about where the morals are. Oh, yeah, I'm just it's shocked that somebody's greenlit because the, especially the today I feel he kept looking down at his notes. So somebody's clearly said yes, go and say that. That that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, how has somebody said <laughs> yes to that? It's just Tom. I'll give us your thoughts, and then we'll maybe talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, it's it's the fact that he's a, a middle class white it, it, Italian from Switzerland. Italian Swiss. He mm. said he was yeah. He said he was Italian, which you, apparently you bullied for being Italian in Switzerland. I didn't know that was a thing, but you know, I'm reading more about what he's saying, and he was saying things like Switzerland as a country has progressed, Qatar going to. Um, Qatar is giving the giving migrants the opportunity to do everything legally rather than come in, um, you know, as, as illegal migrants. But it's just it's just a lot of waffle. It is just a lot of waffle. And I, I agree with Mick. I agree with that. He's literally just trying to say it for the for the sake of saying it. it. You know, everyone can see what's happening. Everyone can see the absolute disgrace that Qatar is and the absolute atrocity that this World Cup is might become. And he's just trying to defend himself. And you know what? I, I kind of feel for him as well because he wasn't even the one that, well, I don't think he was involved in actually Qatar becoming no. the host the host nation. So it's a it's it's yeah it's it's not a it's not a great staple. And I, I saw Neville said something. Uh, Gary Neville said something this morning about it being you know um, he he is possibly the worst uh, image to for the for this World mm. Cup and. I, to be fair, I think I agree with him. I think, you know, I, I don't think any of them uh, do well, to be honest. But having said that, I know, Danny, you brought up Alex Scott before saying uh, things good about um, Qatar. But then I think, so she she said something about it would, it, the, the best thing to do would be for her to sit at home and watch it. Or she said something like that. Um, yeah, I didn't really exactly. Watch and But now she's there and she's she's getting paid and everything. And then Dion Dublin in, in, um, in comms seemed a bit repressed. I, 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 I don't really like Dublin talking about football, but... When the goal went in and he was going on about the offside call, he, he kept saying, I'm, I'm not mocking it, I'm not mocking it. Um, and then something about as well, there was another like 20 seconds later, there was another offside and it was like tight, but it was offside. And he went, yeah, I can, I, yeah, I can see that being given, you know, when he when he cleared out the keeper. Mm. And um, yeah, I can see that being given. And then he, he instantly changed his mind to, oh no, yeah, that's clearly offside. It, it's almost like there's a whole propaganda around it where it has to be right every time. And it it, it, seem, it does seem like a lot of the, the pundits and everything are just a bit more reserved and everything. It, it does seem like a more reserved tournament. It seems like it's more of a political tournament, which mm. in winter as well, it's <laughs> nothing. It's, it's doing nothing for me, this whole tournament. This, this day today has done nothing for me. I, I watched the game and I just thought, Man, <laughs> I could not, I could not at all care. It was just such a political statement. It's so just 
the football's, you know, football's football. It can be a crap game. It can be a great game. It can be, but in terms of the politics and it being in winter and whatnot, it's just, I'm not getting excited for it. I don't know about you guys, but I did my fantasy today and that was about it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah, I, I agree completely. I mean, like like you said, I don't like the um, doubling commenting at the best of times, but for that match, it felt like he was commentating with a gun held to his head. Yeah, you know, that's, pro- that's probably what the uh, VAR official felt like as well. Because, like you said, <laughs> mm. it just feels oppressed and they're treading on eggshells all the time because they don't want to upset them. Same yeah. way, Alex thought, yeah, she was right with what she said. But if she was truly like an advocate of, mm. you know, what, what she's preaching, she wouldn't be there. She'd legit gone, you know what, I'm not getting paid for this. But yeah, yeah she'd, she'd, she'd make a stand against it, but she's not. And whether she's done it for the money or whether she's done it for another reason, I, I don't know. And I, I don't, you know, I don't judge her for whatever she's done. But, you know, mm. if you can't come out and say one thing and, and sway towards one political statement and then go and do the exact opposite, you know. So in terms of that, I don't agree with. But, I, you know, Lineker's thing at the beginning was quite, well, to the point and quite good. Point, and yeah. that, was, mm. that, was a, that was a good thing for the BBC to say. But, you know, again, it's, it's a case of how long is this going to go on for? You know, how long is it, you know, before England's game tomorrow, are we going to get a rundown of um, all of this infant, Infantini comments? And, you know, mm. and it's, it's the same again. It's not about the football. It's about the politics behind it. It's just... Bore it, it, it gets bored, it, go, it does get boring, you know. Sometimes it's funny to laugh at, but sometimes it just gets boring, and it's just I just want to watch the football. And you know, that offside goal did not help in the slightest yeah, with yeah. The, uh, the controversy <laughs> behind Matrix. In it, you know, at the time, obviously, now looking back at it, it was an offside, but at the time, god, it was match fixing at its finest. <laughs> well, go on, mate, you were gonna say something. I'm just gonna Sorry. say, you, you've got to have a certain amount, well, you haven't got to, but I, I, I have a certain amount of sympathy for. For the presenters on on uh, on this and the commentators because they're very particular the commentators because you're doing that unscripted as things as things happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you put one word out of place, you are going to get crucified through social media, yeah. through through the mainstream media, through the press, etc. You, you've got to be so so careful. So so I have a certain amount of sympathy for him. And and to be fair, much as I accept that they get paid a lot more than we do. These people are doing a job. They have a job to do, and and it. The, in, in reality, the BBC, ITV, any other television station from across the globe is not going to boycott the World Cup. It's not going to happen. Um, yeah. So, yeah. They, yeah, they're not going to. What they could do is have the have the studio in the UK. Yeah, some of the commentators. Some of the commentators. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, but but, anyway. go on. No, that's it. There's, there's the, we, we, we've gone on far too long about about <laughs> the politics of it, and um, it won't be know, the last time this tournament. I am absolutely. It certainly will not. So let's spread it out over four weeks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's go through some comments. Uh, Simon jo- Simon Thorne says, joking aside, yes, this speech was corporate virtue signal that was a fail on every single level. John Morell says, in all seriousness, football is not is not the silver bullet that will solve the issues in Qatar. Let's uh, and let's be honest, nothing will change in that country once the World Cup is over. It's money, that's all it is. 
Uh, Simon Donald comes back to the Twitter user. Uh, in terms of who would let the speech go, the Twitter user in the office who wrote the speech was patting themselves on the back thinking they were Martin <laughs> Luther King Jr. too. Yeah. Um, and John Rails is a speech writer for you who probably wrote the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. You <ain't>, uh, <laughs> we should point out, as Paul Brockwright says, that uh, we have some minor rather news and Chio is playing for Ireland. Really? Um, I mean, I'm going to check the live scores. And the last time I checked, they were drawing nil nil at half time to Malta. Another winning. Callum Robinson mm. mm. has scored. So good luck, Chio. I don't know how that's going to affect him joining up with the, with the, guy, with the guys in Cyprus. I don't know if I'll get some time off before then. Um, we'll keep an eye on that, to be honest with you. We don't know, is the answer. Um, right, let's move forward. Let's go move forward to the uh, England, England kickoff tomorrow, one o'clock. Well, if you listen on Monday, it's the day of. Um, it's Iran. The second time ever England have apparently faced a, an Asian nation, a team from the Asian Confederation. The last time was in 1982. Mick, you were around. Do you remember who that was? <laughs> I'm going to go Tunisia. They're African. Oh, all right then. <laughs> in that case, oh, um, man. It's, it's Q8. It was yeah. Q8. Not, not a well-known footballing nation nowadays anyway. It's not far away. When, when was that? 1982, did you say? Yes. Well, that's strange. Nine years later, we up with an invasion there. <laughs> Funny that. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. You um, football? Hello, there's tanks now. <laughs> <laughs> we were, uh, we all do ref watch. This is a, this guy has never refed us before, but I quite enjoyed the fact it's a Christmas World Cup and Raphael Klaus is refereeing us. Um, <laughs> that tickled me. Uh, he is Brazilian, surprisingly. He has never refed at a major tournament, as far as I can tell. Certainly never refed, left Eng refed England before. Let me ask you on the referee today, mate. The game you saw, I thought the referee today was very, very hands-on. And I didn't yeah. think it was necessary to be that hands-on as much. And if that's something to continue, it's going to stifle the game a reasonable amount. Yeah, potentially. Potentially. It, it doesn't really start to take shape till the first three or four games, does it? We, we, no. we start to see what they're going to concentrate on, what they're not going to concentrate on, what they're going to allow, what they're not going to allow. So um, we're, we, we're just going to have to wait and see on that. Um, I don't know how much up out, quite frankly, but that's just me being cynical. So um, we, we, we perhaps had a better a, a better opportunity to discuss that on Thursday when we've, uh, we've had a few games to watch. Yes. Uh, John Morrell says, Mick, you went to the same geography school as Jack Grealish. No, hang on a minute. You're not telling me Jack Grealish went to school. I'm not having that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wearing that. Mick, Mick remember, Grealish, Grealish plays for our team. Remember? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's one of us now for this podcast period. Yeah, um, whatever. Yeah. Um, Simon Thorne, one more non-footballing non issue. Simon Thorne says, will Bale, Kane, Van Dyke still wear the one love armband if FIFA yellow card. Now, again, this is my non-footballing point, which we're, not, which we're briefly going to cover. Um, England, Wales, and some of the nations have, have said they're going to wear essentially a band on their arm, which is a one love. It's a rainbow armband, basically. Um, FIFA have... There is rumours that FIFA will uh, at least fine England or fine the teams that wear them. There are rumours tonight, although I don't believe them, that they could receive a yellow card before the game kicks off for wearing that. Now, I don't think that's actually true. I think that's rumours just circulate. I don't know what the grounds would be, to be honest with that. With that. But that's something that will obviously become clear over the next 24 hours, because obviously England will play on Monday. So we're no point comment on that, because I don't, I don't think that's true, but we will 
we'll find out. Well, you, I would I would argue that there must be a rule or a law within the um, within the book that says the captain has to wear an armband. Yes, that's it. That our captain. Um, so whether that actually specifies what is written on that armband um, is another matter. So we'll have to wait and see. But like you, I suspect that's just rumour. Um, yeah, the Euros, Germany, when they played Hungary, did wear a rainbow armband. Though there was no booking, but I think they did get fined. I suspect it'll be fine. Who cares about a fine? FIFA, FIFA yeah. pay England, yeah. so FIFA are paying their own fine essentially. So don't worry about it, FIFA. Um, <laughs> um, a few more stats. The first meeting between England and Iran um, ever. Um, England have only won one of their last three opening games at the World Cup, which was the last time against Tunisia four years ago. We've got a semi-final on that one, so that might be positive. Um, what do we think? So we start with you, Tom, on this one. Iran are relatively highly ranked. Um, they've obviously yeah. got their own political issues, so they might be in a bit yeah. unsettled uh, situation. But England's chances on the first game only, how, how do you rate them? I'm going to go for a nil-nil, genuinely. Um, <laughs> oh, nice and positive. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, there's a, there's so many variables in this tournament. It's yeah. ridiculous. I mean, if you look at the teams themselves, you've got um, Iran, who are very good, actually, defensively, weirdly enough. Like, they, they hardly ever concede. If you look at their past couple of games, they hardly ever concede. And mm. with England's style of play, we don't often score many, um, you know. And it's not to say, like... You know, this isn't this is you know a negative view or anything. You know, I, I do think England will do well in this tournament. I just think, especially after watching that inside view of their training, how absolutely knackered they are going to be from the heat. It's um, such a big issue. They seem to have one training session of very minimal intensity mm -hmm. and be blowing um, very profusely and uh, need fans very very quickly. Um, so in terms of actual football and ability, how much that's going to come into play is genuine. I genuinely do not know because I feel like fitness and um, I feel like Iran will acclimatise better to the environment uh, than England players will. And it would be an interesting watch. But in terms of actual football and ability, Iran are very defensive. England can be uh, very attacking. Um, so in terms of that, you know, I can see in terms terms of genuine football ability, I can see England coming away with a 2-0 win, you know, to, you know, whatever, a comfortable win. But in terms of actually acclimatising to the environment and just in general, the first game is such a big pressure. You know, everyone thought we were going to beat Tunisia very easily, but that came from a Harry Kane last minute header. So yeah. you, you never know with England. You really don't. And I, honestly, I, I really hope we win, obviously. Um, but in terms of actual, actually getting acclimatised and actually playing football I I don't think we'll be threatened but I don't think we'll be threatening is the issue mm. yeah that's what I mean um... when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at BlueNile.com you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you found the one you'll get it delivered right to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, Iran's record at the World Cup is it's, it's poor, obviously. They're not historically yeah. a very good football team. They qualify on a semi-regular basis. They only have two wins. Uh, one of them was last time in the 2018 World Cup against Morocco. And they also beat America in 1998, which I think would have gone down quite nicely back in Iran, to be honest with you. Um, it was quite funny that. I do remember that. <laughs> um, what is worth noting, obviously, they beat Morocco. I think that Morocco, I think, probably finished bottom of that group. They did nearly beat Portugal four years ago. And they were very unlucky. I think they are fairly close offside call, which didn't go for them, which then meant they still drew against Portugal, who were European champions. So this is not a muggy team. This is not, you know a random Asian team that have popped up, Danny. This is a proper team. It, it's, it's, it's easy for us to look at it and go, it's just Iran, don't worry about it. We've got to be very careful. And Gareth Southgate will be. The team will, you know, this is not, it's not just rocking up, but there will be proper stuff done by the England team because they are professionals, mm. obviously. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, Iran is one of them teams where you just don't write, us off com- <clears throat> write them off completely. Mm. Um, because like you've just said with those, rec- those records there, they are a, a, a team that knows what they're doing. They're not just there just to be cannon fodder, which I'm starting to think Qatar are now. Um, <laughs> no, but, the dark horses then, mate. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course they are. But yeah, I think people going in with the expectation that England will steamroll Iran will get a big reality check against them. I'm not going into it thinking we'll steamroll them. I'd be happy with your prediction there, Tom, at a nil-nil. Um, maybe even a score draw, potentially, for me. Um, yeah. And, yeah, it's just one of them games where it's just like, get Iran out the way quickly, because it's the team that will be, <clears throat> you know, it'll give us a good game. It's the opening game where the, the pressure is, but we have got the quote-unquote bigger games to come up against the US and Wales. Uh, it might come down to us having to win to uh, to win Wales to qualify. So I'm sort of happy that game's last because that's the yeah. really heightened game. Yeah, it would be nice to beat a run. Um, but with your likes of uh, James Madison and Kyle Walker, I think it is, who are still out for the opening game. It's a good game to get, A, get acclimatised to everything, B, work out the system you're going you're gonna to play in the heat and in the stadiums effectively because they are air conditioned. So it's just, it's the working it out game. And I think we've got quite lucky that it's Iran as our working out game because that's the one we can go right. We'll take it steady, just don't concede um, and we should be all right. In my opinion, but yeah, I have not no expectation of this game. It's like if we don't if we don't lose, we're all right, in my opinion, anyway. Mm. Yeah, they did make it to the semi-finals of the Asia Cup, but the last Asia Cup was in 2019. So again, we're three years ago since then. A lot of things have happened in Iran since then. So they have lost only one of the last 14 games. Again, the Asian Confederation is not massively uh, strength in depth, but still, you've still got to I think they've only lost to South Korea. We know, know South Korea are a decent team. Um Mick, we'll ask you ask your prediction later on. But what what are your anticipations for what to expect in terms of the, as a general game? It's going to be, as like Tom says, the heat may be an issue. It's in the middle of the day. It's not a evening kickoff, is it? So that could play a part. Yeah, it, it potentially could. I mean, we traditionally start very slowly in tournaments, don't we? Yeah. You know, uh, our opening games 
it feels like, and I know you're, you're the stats man, so you might tell me differently, but it feels like our opening game of every single tournament we're playing is, is a, a proper damp squib. You know, nothing ever tends to nothing tends to ever happen. Whether we either scrape a draw or or lose by an odd goal, it's just how it feels. Mm. Um, I, I, having said that, I think we should we should and probably will have far too much quality um, for Iran. With all with the greatest respect, because uh, you know they 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 will have pre- prepped properly for this tournament, unlike unlike the hosts. Um, and you know they have got some pedigree, not massive, but they have got some. Um, and the conditions will suit them, obviously, because it's it's in their region of the world, their area of the world. So you know they'll be far more used to playing in in, uh, in these sorts of conditions. So they're not to be taken lightly by any stretch of the imagination. But we should have enough to get past them. Um, so that, that's I'm, and I'm hoping that that's the case because. We absolutely do not want to be relying on beating Wales to get anywhere because that is going to be a tough, tough game. So we need to get the job done um, before we come up against Wales for me. Yeah. Uh, John Morrell says, it's, it, it's England, we'll be rubbish and we'll need to beat Wales in the final game to qualify. <laughs> he's actually glad uh, he's at work and will miss it. Uh, Simon Thorne says, generally no idea which England will turn up tomorrow, but he's got his Miller slash England reversal bucket hat on, so he's happy either way. <laughs> um, Paul Rock, I question, questions about the air-conditioned stadiums. I don't know, to be honest with you. Um, I had heard that they had, but then yeah. I heard they scrapped it because of one reason. I, I'm not sure, to be honest with you. Any, uh, any of you idea on that? There was defo in the stadium today. There was definitely uh, air conditioning around the outside that you could see. Uh, right. that seemed to be on the pitch, but how much that affects the players, you, you'll never know unless you're on the pitch. So uh, mm. it'd be interesting to see if it actually does have a have an mm. impact. Sounds environmentally friendly, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. I, I, <clears throat> oh, there's another rant about that with the CO2 from this World Cup. Um, oh, um, I think Stop it was that. it was Lancaster University that did a study on it, <sighs> and there's something like, however many millions of metric tons of CO2 there is, I think something like 10 million metric tons of CO2 from the construction of this World Cup alone, which makes it the most expensive World Cup ever, and the... Um, the most uncarbon neutral World Cup ever, even though they claimed it is carbon neutral. It just gets better and better, doesn't it? Yeah. They are aware that this is in the Middle East. The Middle East is based on the sale of oil. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The wealth contained within that area of the world is based on the sale of oil. They are aware Mm -hmm. of that, aren't they, I assume? Mm. So that comes as a surprise to who? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But, to spe- but to spend £222 billion pounds on a World Cup when the next one down is only £19 billion, yeah, it's Danny, insane. Danny, you're, not fa- you're not factoring into that how many billions of pounds are sat in Seth Blatter's bank account and all this. That's very so true. That's very not true. Not factoring that in, so you have to do that. So therefore, it's pretty much on a par with all the others. <laughs> uh, yeah, John, John Wells is air-conditioned stadium with the roof open. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's like having the heating on and the door open. It's just stupid. But anyway, <laughs> not the only stupid thing about the world this World Cup. But anyway, we've gone on another non-footballing rant again, haven't we? Um, right. So let's talk about some suggestions for lineups. 
Now, we normally go 4-2-3-1 for games where we are a bit more... Uh, are, are the better team. We cannot, in, t- in games where we need to defend a bit more, Southgate often goes for that extra defender and three at the back. I am expecting 4-2-3-1. So let's just play on that, unless, unless you guys have got any objections to that. Um, let's let's play on the 4-2-3-1 formation. I need a pen. Pickford starts in goals. Anyway, I, I think this is pretty cut and dry. To any, any questions on Pickford's starting position? He seems safe and sealed, doesn't he? Yeah. Mm. I can't argue with it, really. Um, so I would like to this... see Ramsdale get a go at some point, but mm. I think Pickford always does well when he puts on an England shirt, so I can't really complain. I think if, we, if, we're, if we're already through back Wales, you know, I think we'll see a goalkeeping job. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, but I, I do agree. I, I, Ramsdale of a Pope any day at week, personally. Yeah. yeah. Um, now here comes the part where people will probably argue with each other. Um <laughs> Uh, we only got a couple of right backs in squad this time, which makes a change. We've got three, three, three right backs. You've got Trent Alexander Arnold, Kieran Trippier, and Kyle Walker. Kyle Walker can play as a centre back, obviously. Uh, yeah. Kyle Walker has been nursing injuries. So I don't think Kyle Walker will be fully available for, to start. Yes. I think you've only got one choice then, haven't you? You've got, you've got Trent on Trippier. You've got Trippier, yank that one. There's yeah, only one. Trippier. Sorry to any Liverpool sympathisers out there. Mick will not pick any of your players. Um, <laughs> <laughs> At least the mate, if they're any good. Yeah, problem. but, the, but the, the, my comeback to that would be is, against Iran, can you allow a bit more freedom to allow have a bit more creativity from Trent against something like Iran rather than quarterfinals against France, for example? I, I, well, and I, I would argue that he doesn't bring any creativity okay. anymore. That that would be my argument. Um, you know, he is out of form. Balling, he is bang out of form. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, if you if you wanted to take some supporters out behind go behind the back of the net from his crosses, happy days. You know, you got somebody misbehaving at back of the goal, put him on and he'll take him out. But other than that, okay, Mick doesn't want Trent in. Uh, Danny, what do you reckon? <laughs> um, I'd go for Trippier as well. To be fair, Trippier suits the um, four at the back system a lot better than Trent would. Trent's definitely more your three at the back and he's your wider player, whereas Trippier's more suited to that traditional right back role, shall we say? Yeah, Tom, yeah. what do you have? You, can you cut any, any oh, no, absolutely. no, Trippier all day for me, even in a five back or whatever, I'd still put Trips there. I think he's he's. Based on former centers, especially as well, he's just the best he's right back season at the moment. Yeah, he's been phenomenal. Um, John Rell says, has to be trippy. He knows the definition of the word tackle and track your runner. <laughs> <laughs> um, left hand side defense is going to be Luke Shaw. They don't yeah. have any other left backs, as far as I can see. Obviously, mm-hmm. Trippier can fill in there. Um, yeah, it, yeah, um. So we're going to have Luke Shaw in there. And I like Luke Shaw for England. I think he plays really well for England. I think he does a really, really good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, not so much for Manu, but certainly when he puts that English shirt on, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's quality for me. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Um, then we have to film the centre-backs. So you, you're picking from Eric Dyer, Harry Maguire, John Stones and Ben White and Connor Cody, to be fair to Connor Cody. Um, Tom, I can't question is this. you first. 
is this who we th- who we want to play or who we think we'll play? Because I've got two very different. What will play? <laughs> I, I think Stones is a guarantee. I think I think everyone can agree Stones is probably first choice centre back. And then for me, I think I'd pick Ben White, but I can't see Southgate putting Ben White in. I think he's going to put Harry Maguire in. I really do. Um, he did a roulette in training. We'll move on. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm not. I, 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 with with Harry Maguire, it's it's it's. I I wouldn't play him. I'd play Ben White, but. He seems to Southgate seems to love him, and to be fair, the World Cup it is a, it is a slower game, isn't it? It's the heat, yeah. and you know he might fit it a lot better. But again, again for me, it has to be Ben White. Um, yes, yeah, yeah, Stones and Ben White for me. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah, the thing with Maguire <laughs> is that he brings you that balance. He's naturally a left footed, and as far as I can tell from that squad, he's the only natural left footer. So from a balance point of view, and like I said, for England, he's never done all wrong particular, but. Other than the odd move, in major competitions, mm. we need to we need to stick on All the right. end of that. <laughs> yes. All right. Yeah. He's a bit like Pickford, isn't he? For, for yeah. the most part, you can't really complain. Yeah. yeah. For the most part. I feel quite bad for Harry Maguire because every time I hear his name, yeah. I think of the TikTok where he goes, "It's Harry Maguire," and it just <laughs> sends me every time. Um, but yeah, I I agree. <laughs> it, should, it should be Ben White next to Stones, but it's not. It's going to be Maguire because, like we said, mm. he's, he's done that thing in trailer in training. Southgate's eyes are a little lit up and he's like, right, that's me back for sorted. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but, Did you, you know what? As much as Southgate is, I think... Take it away. Cool. Take it, mate. Oh, no, I was just going to say that the, the, the period of training was quite nice. <laughs> it was quite a nice little <laughs> uh, little movie, did. Uh, why not? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. If he does that against Iran, I'm actually going to kill him. Make <laughs> <laughs> um, anything to add on that? No, I think you. I think you've got the. You've, you've hit nail on head. It will be Maguire and Stones, um, but it shouldn't be. Probably based on form. Would you go why, um, or would you go Dyer? I probably or, would. Yeah. Cody. I probably would. Um, I, I, the the problem for Harry Maguire is that. With with the greatest respect to the lad, I, 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 I don't think he's international quality. I don't think, uh, I just don't think he is. Uh, but he may prove us wrong, and I hope he does. I hope he does. Um, you know, he's, he's, he has done well for himself, but I just think I just feel like he's punching above his weight a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, Jumar else says McGuire isn't even left footed. I thought he was left footed. No, shows me, shows me what I know. <laughs> Right foot. Ignore the balance question. Apparently now, ignore the balance nonsense. Um, <laughs> get rid of himself to get out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. So we ain't got a left foot centre back in the squad, is what we're saying, which is a great idea for balance. Brilliant. I, I, can't, I, like I can't think of. I can't. Mings is the only one that pops into my head of the last, you know, couple of years that is a and left foot <laughs> And he's awful. So <laughs> would um, never put him. Kind of, kind of, uh, Eric Dyer, he's right footed as well, isn't he? Yeah. He must be sort of penalty with right foot, isn't he? Yeah. 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 He's not a bad shout, actually. He's he's had a good season, but again. He's another one that Southgate trusts as well, isn't he? He's a bit like Maguire. He trusts him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Moving forward again, so you're going 4 2 3 1, so you've got two sitters. Uh, Again, I'll start with the obvious one. Declan Rice is going to be in there. Is anybody any arguments against Declan Rice? Because. In, again, in England, it's been almost faultless, to be fair to him. Yep. 
Yeah. He's, he's definitely a tournament man with England. Isn't he? We don't really see him during like Nations League and friendlies and stuff, but yeah. he, he just turns up, especially at the Euros, he just turned up and mm. was more or less faultless throughout the whole tournament. So, yeah. Mm. He's probably first name on team sheet for me because he just runs the midfield, doesn't he? Yeah. Is a bit like um, Barlasser in mm. a sense, just his distribution isn't quite as long ping as yeah. Barlasser's mm. in, but in terms of being the engine and in, in the midfields, he is like Barlasser. It looks a bit like him as well, doesn't he? <laughs> you know, like, like, like quite, quite, quite thin, tall, and just very limmy, but in a good mm. way. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. So what you're it's saying is Declan Rice wishes he had Barlasser's passing range. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, and uh, Barlas wishes he was at Declan Rice's level of football. Can you imagine if he combined the two? Whoa, yeah. that'd be deadly, wouldn't it? <laughs> Good. Um, the question then comes next who do you play alongside that? Now, if we're talking sitters, and obviously you're not going to look Mason Mount as, as a deep player, you're then really talking Jordan Henderson and Calvin Phillips. Make I'll come to you on this one. The problem with Calvin Phillips is he had an amazing Euros. He's probably played 10 games since then. He's barely played since the Euros. But he mm. has started playing. I think he's played the last two games for Man City. Do you go, right, you're back playing, you're back fit, go. Or do you say, right, John Henderson's trusted, tried, trusted, whatever. Let's get let's get Phillips up to speed. Uh, what would you do with that one? Uh, well, what I would do is I would, I would definitely, definitely put Phillips in um, because he's playing... He's, he is back playing. He's back playing full time. He's back playing in one of, if not, well, certainly one of the best teams in Europe, and the team that's absolutely in form. Um, Jordan Henderson is playing at Liverpool at the moment. They are not, mm. um, and he's not. He's, to be fair, I don't think he's getting as much game time at, at Liverpool as he had, as he has done in the past either. Um, so for me, Jordan Henderson is somebody that you can bring on uh, later in the game. To either shore up that midfield or, or just just add a little bit more bite in there. Um, so for me, Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice would be the two holding midfielders. I, don't, I I can't see anybody else. Having said that, I think he probably will play Henderson. To be honest, but but for me, it should be Phillips and Rice. Okay. Um, John Morell says Birmingham fan. If any of you don't pick Jude, we'll fall out. Yeah. Can he play that deep again? I don't watch him enough. Yeah. I don't watch the German game enough. Can he? I thought he was a bit further forward than that. Um, I think he can play that deep. I think he has done in the past for England. I think if we play a five back, it's usually them two in front. But mm. I, I do see the point of you want two sixes. But I, I, I think I, I don't know against you know. This is the this is a chance for Southgate to say, look, I'm not this defensive park the bus kind of manager everyone thinks I am. I can I can play players like this. Like Bellingham is, you know, there's that story that that Birmingham um Academy, the reason he's number 22 is because he's a nine, he's a 10, he's an eight, he's a six, he's when, when it all comes to 22. And that's what he is. He's, he can play all those positions. And you know, he's got something like 14 goal, well, thir- 13, 14 goal contributions in 20 games. And it's mm. 18, nine, oh, 19 years old. At the World yeah. Cup, you know why not? Um, Henderson obviously doesn't regularly. St- neither of Phillips or Henderson regularly start for their club teams. Bellingham plays week in week out Champions League football. I think if you ask him to play next to Rice, I think he'd do a job. I really do. Uh, whether or not he will play him is a different matter, but that's what I'd personally do. I'd, I'd put I'd put Bellingham next to Rice. 
I can't I can't understand why you'd waste Bellingham that far that deep, frankly. Would you think yeah, he played that deep though? Like no, I know well, that I don't... is is he no. I, I don't yeah, I don't watch enough Bundesliga to actually understand what kind of player he is, but what, yeah. from what I gather he's a, he's a he is a ball carrier. And if you if you do give him the ball in the areas, he can drive you up the pitch, which you know Rice can do. Henderson not really. Um, Phillips not really. They're more of a destroyer type players, engine room. Whereas Bellingham is you know a ball carrier. He he can turn defense into attack, and maybe that's what we're missing. Maybe that's you know uh, maybe that's me being a bit naive and thinking this 19-year-old, it could be the best player on the pitch. But in my opinion, yeah. he, he possibly could be. He's shown at Dortmund in, in the Champions League that he can do it. So, yeah, that, that's my personal opinion. But I do understand the likes of Phillips and Henderson getting a shout over him, especially in this formation and this team. Um, yeah. John Rell says, again, the Birmingham fan says he can play all midfield roles, like you said, Tom, and hence the 22. Mm. Uh, on the last two England games, Bellingham plays. Yeah, I agree. I thought and it was one of the only few good players in the recent games, weren't it? Um, that we'd had. Uh, Danny, where are you going from any of those? What are you doing? Um, for me, it depends on who you play in front of your quote-unquote midfielders, yeah. you know, because the, the three advanced are your wingers and just your attacking midfielder in a sense. Um, so it depends on who you play in front of it. If you want to have two out-and-out sitting defenders, then, yeah, your options are basically Declan Rice, Jordan Henderson and Calvin Phillips, really. Um, Jill Bellingham, yes, he's, a, he's more of a ball-carrying player. Um, he's done incredibly well at Dortmund. And um, I think you, you play Bellingham if you need that stronger connection between the sitting midfielder and your attacking line. That's when you bring... Bellingham into that team, but if you've got more of a um, an on the ball sort of player in the middle of that three, then that's when you'd go for like Phillips or Henderson, for example. Um, See, so I'm trying to work out I would play there and then build it that way. But in terms of what he'd bring to the team, I would have to say Bellingham. Mm. But then, would he be sitting too deep, depending on who you play in front of him? You know, that's yeah. that's the thing you have to work out. But for me, I'm going to have to go Bellingham, just through yeah. or just through on the ball quality. Um, and in the heat of Qatar, even though the stadiums might be air conditioned, if we're playing a slower paced game and he just carries the ball forward and pushes them back and creates that open space for himself, I think that would prove fruitful for us. Mm. Yeah. I've not had to sit and think today. You're making me I think. I don't like it. <laughs> it almost picks itself, doesn't it? We yes, haven't exactly. talked about it this much. Exactly, but because I don't watch Premier League football, because it's pants, or, the, or Bundesliga, because it's German, I, I don't know. <laughs> okay, you well, we'll an easy one. We'll move on to an easy one. Harry Kane's going to start from. Yes. There you go. That's an easy one. We've got one in bag. Uh, with or without the rainbow sleeve. Uh, <laughs> now, you see, that's the talking point. Ne never mind predicting starting 11. Will Harry Kane wear his armband, yes or no? I think he it is. Will. It, will. it will. Definitely, it will. definitely will. Um, right, let's move on to the three behind then. So, uh, three behind there. So, you, you essentially, your options are Phil Foden, Jack Grealish, Jen Madison not available because he's injured, Marcus Rashford, Saka, uh, Raheem Sterling. 
are your basically your options. Now it's another Marcus Rashford. He's normally a striker, but he can play left or right on either side. Really, he's been very good for England. Danny, this is a bit of a head scratcher, really, because there are some great players in there, but. Mason Mount's the favourite, isn't he? Mason Mount, I didn't mention him, I mentioned him as a midfield. Mason Mount will probably start as well. Again, for England, he's always been pretty good. Yeah. I need to try and squeeze Foden in there as well. John Morrell coming out with Saka Mount and Foden. Yeah. Ba- like that. Basically that, because, I, you know, I, Mount, I, Mount's that more distributing sort of player that can play in front of Bellingham. So that's a nice connection between the two. Hmm. Um, then, yeah, Saka, great young talent. Um wrongfully abused for missing his penalty against Italy. Just, it happens, you know. He's on. also come on so much under Arteta as well, Saka. Yes. He was a good player at yours, but he's, he's just gone up so much. Yeah, absolutely. So he, he needs to go in there and then Foden as well. Now, we don't like basing our things off FIFA on this channel because <laughs> we actually um, watch real football. But in terms of Foden on FIFA, which is my only experience of him, he's very good. And I would have him in that... Um, Attacking three behind the centre forward, um, yeah, just because he'll cause problems and he's very yeah. good on the ball. His haircut's shocking, but he's got a new one. I'm not sure, but I know his original one made him look, mm, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, sorry, I was just gonna say, I, I fully agree with the Saka Mount Foden. I think Foden left wing, Saka right wing, mounting behind Kane, and I think that's what it, that is what Southgate will do. I think yeah. I don't think you can't you, you can't not play Foden. You can't not play Saka. It's kind of they've they've gotten to that point of club level where their form coming into the World Cup has picked you know made them pick themselves. Mm-hmm. And then with Mount, I genuinely would have liked to see Madison over Mount, but obviously he's injured and he's not really part of that England squad yet. So it will it will be Mount. And that to, to be honest, if if that team Start, come, comes out and starts tomorrow, I wouldn't actually be that fussed at all. I think it's a very, very dangerous squad with a lot of good balance and good depth to it. Um, with players like Grealish coming off the bench as well, you know, it's it's a, it's attacking, it's fluid, it's, it's it's nice, it's a good team. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Um, John Morrell says Foden is the most skillful attacker player on, on from that part of the pitch, yet really to it for England shirt, which is true. At an indifferent Euros, he was okay without being particularly special. Um, Mick, could you shoehorn your mate Jack in there at all, or is, no. he, is he good? Is he better for England as an impact player? Yeah, he's, he needs to practice his rolling up and down touch, touch line for a bit, doesn't he? Before uh, before he comes on, so no, he can't. He can't go. He can't be rolling about straight out of that box. It's just not. Uh, it's just no, not Jack. His referee from today continues. He could. Well, I mean, to be fair, that Qatar, Qatari player is still rolling, isn't he? Who, uh, who got fouled in, uh, in the second half. Uh, and, and bear in mind, Jack's got to do his air as well. He's got to get that sorted before he gets on pitch. So that 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 middle three, that uh, forward three, if you like, for me, I agree pretty much with what most people have said in that Saka and Foden definitely should be there. But I would have Bellingham in there as well. I would have Bellingham in the middle sitting just in front of uh, Rice and, um, and Phillips, frankly. But I don't think that Gareth Southgate would. I don't think I cannot see Gareth Southgate or any England manager, for that matter, ever playing three such talented players all together in the same team. I just can't see it. <laughs> no, uh, genuinely, no. and I know that sounds a bit cynical, but you look 
back through history, you know, and 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 England's benches throughout the history of, of of international competition have been riddled with incredibly talented players who never get an opportunity. Um, and those three, for me, are probably three of the most talented English players about at the moment. I think they're exciting. They are. They, they, they're young, they're exciting, they're, they're ambitious, they, they, they've got everything, they've got pace, they've got skill, they've got everything that you want from midfield players. Um, and, but I don't think he'll play them all. He should, in my view, but I don't think he will. So we'll see. He will lump for somebody like Sterling or Grealish. Oh, still, oh, yeah, I was about to say, Raheem Sterling is, again, one of his favourites. Um, yeah. and, and I have nothing against Raheem Sterling. I think he's a very, very good player, but unfortunately... He's, he's coming towards the twilight of his career. And, and he's also not had a very good season either. And he's not had a particularly good season. He's moved to Chelsea. It's just not... Saka, Bellingham, Foden, they're your three. They're the three that, that, that will, will see England into the last stages of this World Cup if they're given the opportunity. But I suspect they won't be. Mm. Yeah. Well, if we talk, if we go to the, the formation we've mentioned, you've got Marcus Rashford to come on late on as a substitute, or Jack Grealish come on late on as a substitute. Um, some great options to come on there at some point as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there we go. That's what we think starting eleven. I'm sure everybody else will disagree with us. Probably uh, <laughs> wrong. You are, yeah, you are wrong. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, we'll watch England tomorrow. I remember the game at the Euros. We lost. We beat Croatia one nil. People still lost their minds because it wasn't fun enough or exciting enough. It's, if you get to the final, it's a seven game tournament. Don't worry about it. As long as three points on board, it don't matter. Just try and enjoy it. I know most people won't enjoy it, but it's a World Cup. Once every four years, try and enjoy it. Try and ignore the <laughs> politics for ninety minutes if you possibly can. Again, I know it's difficult. Um. Any other mentions or comments or queries anybody wants to bring up before we wrap up this uh, hour-long monologue? Not, not a monologue, obviously, because there's more than one of us. I just, I just like to say that I, 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 tonight I feel like a bold man. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you've done there. I see what you've done there. I'm not going to uh, get one, but anyway, and I don't think my wife would be particularly pleased. But either way, I feel like a bold man. <laughs> Oof. Uh, Simon Thorne finally says Wales now. Please be kind to me. He thinks Wales are quarter finalists. Everybody else thinks he's mad. I think you're mad. I can't. I, they will for me. They'll probably finish bottom with a group. I like America. Iran are solid. Bottom group. No chance. No. <clears throat> I mean, I mean, I don't want Wales to get out of the group purely for what Kiefer Moore said today mm, no, about I, Wales. An now Say yeah, now remember English team at. It's like now remember Kiefer, you all appeared for England C team. So exactly. Hmm. <laughs> so yes, I hope Wales lose. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um Brother says to Mick, thank you for your comments. He had on his Grimsby and Stevenage vlog. He very much pretty mixed comments. Um which yeah, get, yourselves into, get yourselves onto YouTube after you've watched this and uh, have a look at that. Ian's doing a bit of a tour of the uh, the lower league grounds, whilst the World Cup's on. Um, obviously, they'll not be going down to Swillsboro, I wouldn't have thought, um, because I understand they're still playing as well. A bit. What, a big, a, a massive club like that still playing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, me, me, we've gone the whole time without upsetting 
mm-hmm. at least three countries. Let's not start upsetting teams. <laughs> <laughs> but no, let's, in all seriousness, have a, have a, have a, have a gander at that. Um, some good stuff from Ian. Um, doing some good work during the course of the World Cup because I know he's not a big fan of um, of, uh, of the World Cup at the moment. No, understandable. <laughs> uh, John Murray, low league grounds when you're off to Derby. <laughs> Listen, the, the phrase is make hay while the sun shines. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll we will come back on Thursday. We're back on the normal day. We're back on Thursday evening, which will be a preview of England and Iran. Plus, we'll pick up any highlights from the days in between. We'll be then back next week um, on Sunday. The FA Cup third round draw is next week, not the week coming, the week after. So that we will have some Rotherham stuff to talk about. Again, any Rotherham stuff that crops up, as we've already mentioned, that does take priority over the World Cup because we're a Rotherham podcast. Um, if you're interested, we've also put the shirts out. I thank you about S66 Sportswear who we've sort of joined up with to do some matchwear. I don't think that's the quite word for it. But anyway, it looks. I think it looks quite cool with our podcast logo on them. 50% of any, any uh, profits we make will go to Rotherham Hospice because obviously we like to help them wherever we can. So check that out on our Twitter page. Or just go on a 66 Sports website. It's all on there. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much. Michael, it's been a pleasure to have you with us. Um, yeah. Really? Well, uh, you got your Red Bull, you got your swiping at <laughs> your Red Bull, didn't you? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So, I could, I could get that. I'm not going to get another swipe at Karen no, no. until January, uh, till March, am I? So I need to get it in. Yeah, I'm not sure everybody agrees with you, but anyway, the matter oh, Yeah. I, I really I don't. don't. Uh, I know you don't. Uh, Danny, it's been a pleasure. And thankfully, we were only a woman in I whether you can watch the game tomorrow, but you are allowed to watch the England game tomorrow, which is, which is positive. Yes. Um, I'm heading up to the Brentwoods to go and watch it with um, a few of the pals. So there will be beer and chicken wings, hopefully. And speaking of beer, I've been brought a gift from heaven. <laughs> oh, darling. Get in. Lovely stuff. Oh, we weren't going to switch boy. off, but John Morell's rightly said we haven't done score predictions. Tom, you've said nil nil. Yes. Uh, right. So Tom, nil nil. Uh, Danny. Um, I'll go for a one one. One one. Boring of you all, Mick. Mm. Pessimistic gits. It's me that's supposed <laughs> to be really negative up here in the top corner. Four uh, <laughs> nil England. Oh, Neil England, look at this. Where's this positive Mick been all season? Eh? Uh, I will go 3-1. I think we will go down, go to an early goal, and then we'll just, I think it'll come good at the end. Um, Ian Bradley reckons 1-0 to the England. Simon Thomas says 2-0. Positivity. <laughs> John Morell says, calling is not a gift. John, you put the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just... I, I didn't. I didn't want to bust his bubble, to be honest with you. But you're right. It's sometimes beer is beer in it. So I don't know whether you've seen that on Twitter about the the goalkeeper from one of the non-league sides. Yeah, that was bad. That. But, oh yeah. Well, somebody is just an exactly the same to you there, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's, wow. a, it's a gift from my mother. She's been out with my granddad and been to the shop and gone. Oh, I'll buy Danny some beer. So to me, it's still a gift. So it's fine. I apologise to your mum. It was dissing her gift. Uh, who is it now? In the school, uh, it's uh, John Morell, the Birmingham fan. 
<laughs> we're playing Birmingham later in the year away, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put it down, John. <laughs> oh, uh, right. There we go. Let's move on. Thank you all for being with us. Tom, it's been it's great to have you on tonight. Nice to have you. Thank you very much for being with us, and we'll see you again in the future as well. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> uh, please do subscribe on YouTube channel if you haven't done already. We're creeping up slowly to 800, so please do subscribe on there. If you're on audio, listeners, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you are, please do subscribe to the, those as well. And like I said, we're back on Thursday evening slash Friday morning to preview America. I think it is on Friday, England-America. Uh, obviously, review the England-Iran game. Thank you very much, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Okay. All right, cheers. Bye. Bye. Rebel. Vicious. Brilliant. Deal with it. What's got around the back? And Richie Wood has done it again. The magic man has come up with another trick. Well, there's a chance to seal it. It's done. It's Georgie Kelly. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.